0: Hello and welcome to this episode of Irreligiosophy 2.0, the one true podcast, and the only podcast to admit a strong odor of demonic possession, which is why we always take a dump before the show. It's like rancid meat. It must be demons, (laughs) (laughs) there. Oh my god,
1: we're going to do on The Conjuring. Uh, Welcome back, Ed and Lorraine Warren to the show. We have welcome. S- we have the spirits of Ed and Lorraine Warren, which is interesting um, because they're, uh, Lorraine's not actually dead yet.
0: Yes, but she is a clairvoyant, self-professed. That's right, <laughs> <laughs> so she's here too.
1: But first, let's go to a couple of iTunes reviews.
0: iTunes reviews. That's that's not any better than your song. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's it. From now on, I'm capturing that audio. <laughs>
0: iTunes review.
1: <clears throat> we got a five-star review from Killer36579. That must be his uh, inmate number.
0: I thought that was... Isn't that Jenny's phone number? Oh, no, that's <laughs> 8675.
1: <laughs> yeah. Matt makes it all worthwhile. In a podcast world full of bland and mediocre co-hosts, Matt really makes his podcast worth listening to. He's a beacon of light in the darkness, a city shining on the hill. But seriously, though. That
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, was... Oh I was yeah! Like, oh. oh, then he handed it to me. That's what I'm talking about. Fine, I still like it. I'm only going to count the first part though. <laughs>
1: the the other review I wanted to go over was a two star review from Avadon Capital S. Uh, I'm disappointed. Uh oh. The quality of this podcast really has declined over the past few months. It's gone from being a fun, fast paced, funny commentary on religion, to a boring, drawn out Bible study class. Well, um. You know, Matt, uh, I took this criticism to heart, and so I went back and and listened to the previous episodes. Uh huh. And they are fucking awesome. <laughs> Every one of them.
0: Every one of them.
1: So the problem cannot just like you remember the uh, missionary show where they said if you watch general conference and you'll get something out of it. The problem right. must lie in you.
0: Ah. I problem see where must I go lie on.
1: with uh, Avedon, capital S.
0: done S. They can't all be gold, Chuck.
1: The fault cannot lie in the one true podcast. It must lie in the listener. So maybe Avedon S, is going through some personal problems, Matt? Probably. Perhaps his love life uh, has not been satisfactory. I'd recommend switching it up, perhaps using your left hand.
0: Oh, and a uh, rabbit pelt. <laughs> <laughs> it's stopped, but it requires frequent cleaning. It's worth it, though. You're to hear, kid. Maybe changing lubricant? I, I recommend a
1: menthol-based additive.
0: Oh, what are you, crazy? Then The burning. If it gets in the tip. Oh, it's, let me tell you. <laughs> it's brisk, Matt. It's brisk. brisk. I like that stuff you put on sore muscles. What is that? Heat?
1: Ben Gay. <laughs>
0: ben Gay.
1: You homophobic son of a bitch.
0: Hey, it's got gay in the title. How could it be homophobic?
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, God. Um, skunk takes? skunk dicks
0: skunk dicks
1: hey no, matt i got that's not one a good song either yo you got one for our first skunk Dick, matt we have a christian pastor who is talking to his congregation about teaching his sons to avoid the sin of fornication
2: all right and i say i'll teach that to my sons you say well aren't you going to teach that to your daughters i'm going to tell you this it's not going to be humanly possible for anyone to commit fornication with my daughters <laughs> and you know what you're laughing, but I'm not kidding. Yeah. Amen. Because my, I'm not gonna, you say, well, what about when they go get a job? Uh, they're not going to get a job. Yeah. Why would my daughters go get a job? What do they need a job for? You know what? I'm going to pay for them. I'm going to pay their bills. And you know what? When I'm done paying for them, their husband's going to pay for them. And you say, well, why the double standard? Because uh, everything in the Bible is a double standard? Because I'm not a feminist? Because men and women are different? Amen. Because my sons are going to be taught to be independent. Bingo. My daughters are going to be taught not to be independent. Bingo. <laughs> my sons are going to be taught to go out and work hard and make a living. Amen. My daughters are going to be taught to be a homemaker. Okay? You don't like that? Well, whatever. That's what the Bible teaches. Okay? The Bible says the women should be keepers at home, obedient to their husbands, all that.
0: Ah.
1: So, man... That is what is going on in the Christian uh, evangelical world, right? Right now.
0: Anything that gets a double bingo can't be bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> bingo. My daughter's not to be independent. Bingo.
0: Bingo. The guy's probably not even <laughs> there. He's just playing a game of bingo. <laughs> Anyways, he's bingo! confused. That was uh, one of the older Alzheimer's uh, <laughs> congregation <laughs> members. He has no idea where he is. <laughs> Somebody tell Brother dead uh, to set the fuck up. He's, he's,
1: because bingo. everything in the Bible's a double standard, you fucking assholes! <laughs> Haven't you read the fucking thing? It's a piece of shit!
0: Is he calling out the Bible in that clip? Yeah. I'm not sure what he's doing there for a second. <laughs>
1: yes, I love how they see, you know, clear as day it's a double standard, but it's the Bible, so uh, double standards must be good!
0: <laughs> oh, that's... That's going to be hard to top. I mean, Why right? would my
1: daughter work, Matt? <laughs> Why would she work? I'm going to pay for her, Then her husband's going to pay for her. Uh So hopefully, you know, they don't get divorced, the husband doesn't die, and the, ta- the daughter's totally unprepared to face a world where she has to have some kind of skill to be fucking employed.
0: Well, they could always... Um... No, I won't say it. <laughs> they can perhaps get a fine job in the food service industry if necessary, or... Perhaps they can make a living fornicating on the street corner. That's what I was going to say, but I I, I wanted you to be the asshole for once. (laughs) There you go, there you go. Excellent. Someone's got to be the asshole. What do you got? I got the entire country of San Salvador. Isn't that painting with a a broad brush, Matt? It is, but they all
1: deserve it. Um. For the actions of, I'm sure, just a few.
0: It's probably a minority opinion in this country, but it uh, was a 19-year-old girl, Glenda Chameta Cruz. She went, to, uh, she went to the hospital. She was in mid-miscarriage, Chuck, and she had no idea she was pregnant at all um, because she had taken a pregnancy test that was negative, and she didn't really have much of a change in her body going out, but um, she started bleeding, so, you know, you go to the hospital. The hospital staff suspected her of a attempted self-abort, and they reported her to the police. And within four days, she was charged with aggravated murder for intentionally murdering a 38- to 42-week fetus. And then she was sentenced to 10 years in jail because, according to the judge, she should have saved the baby's life. Well, Matt, uh, I totally agree. You totally agree. Well, you are a doctor, so I'm sure you have a, some sort of opinion <laughs> 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 on what she should have done.
1: She should have known she was pregnant. She should have saved that fetus's life, and she's going to have to pay the crime for aggravated murder of a 38 to 42 week fetus. Right.
0: Um, I'm positive.
1: Every single one of these cases that are reported uh, to public hospitals uh, were patients who were poor and uneducated. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, do you think there's a correlation there between maybe, perhaps, not knowing the signs that you're pregnant and being poor and uneducated? That
0: can't. That cannot
1: be. You're right. It is the entire country of Salvador. <laughs> if it wasn't, she would have been educated. Right. They would have educated their people, I, and this whole thing could have avoided that 38 to 42 week uh, fetus's life, which, as we know, is extremely valuable. Matt, that's a that's mm-hmm. a that's a baby. That's a human baby, not like evolution says this isn't a lizard or a bird no. she's going to give birth to. There's a human
0: baby. Um, there's no connection to the uh, high rates of Catholicism in this country, also. Not at all.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you don't think... Claire, the, the judge was probably a secular humanist, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah. Where's Francis, by
0: the way? Where's my Pope? Come on, Francis.
1: Yeah, Francis, step
0: forward. This is your area. All right, so that's San Salvador. What's going to happen to this? Is Come. she going
1: to actually spend 10 years in prison, or... Uh, uh,
0: probably... <laughs> I mean, unless somebody gets involved, unless the uh, Amnesty International or somebody steps in, steps in, um, you know, who's gonna who's gonna take care of her? Who's gonna who's gonna stand up for her? This
1: kind Nobody. of shit, you know, spreads through, and then what, what's going to happen? Clearly, is that women are going to be afraid to even go to the fucking hospital because you're going to
0: end up in jail for ten years. That's uh, that's what already happens there. Women that get pregnancy complications, just even if they're pregnant and happy. If they get a complications, they're too afraid to go to the, the to a hospital for help because
1: <laughs> then they'll just accuse you of right. murder. Right. This lady doesn't know she's pregnant in the first place, and she goes and she ends up fucking in jail because she didn't save the life. Uh, no, she, not that she didn't save the life. She intentionally murdered a 38- to 42-week yeah. fetus because the fetus is a much more valuable than the 19-year-old
0: woman. Oh, San Salvador, due process.
1: Matt, I I'm think crying. even more of a skunk dick is uh this article on the side that says Julianne Huff is so sorry she wore blackface for Halloween. <laughs> is that a
0: Julianne Ho? I don't know.
1: How who? who? Why? how is that not a skunk dick, Matt?
0: How'd oh, you bypass she... that? I because I don't know who she is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she was Ryan Seacrest's girlfriend, I think. Oh. Does that
0: help? Uh no.
1: Next skunk dick, Matt Uh, Next David Barton is my next candidate Uh, There's a great quote Um, Last month when there was a strong push to allow humanist chaplains in the military Representative John Fleming from Louisiana and you will not be surprised to discover a Republican What? Uh, Responded by explaining the obvious consequences Uh, This, I think, would make a mockery of
0: the chaplaincy uh, you're not the doing last the, thing in the world. You're not doing the voice, Chuck. It's from Louisiana. you got to give him a Colonel Sanders kind of thing. Southern accent. This, I think,
1: would make a mockery of the chaplain fay. There you go.
0: <laughs> the last thing in the world we
1: would want. To, that was Elvis, I think. <laughs> <clears throat> the last thing in the world we would want to see was a young soldier who may be dying, and they're at a field hospital, and the chaplain is standing over that person saying to them, if you die here, there is no hope for you in the future. Well, you know.
0: Wow. Well. That's pretty much true. <laughs> That's is not that, true. Is that Heaven the last forbid thing we the tell world? them the truth. That's not the last thing in the world I want to see. The last thing I want to see is like some sort of like, I don't know, postulating wound like with maggots. I don't know. Chuck, help me out here. Things I don't want to see.
1: <laughs> Pustulating maggot wound on your penis. There
0: you go. That is the last thing in the world I would want to Probably see. Probably
1: the last thing I'd want to see too. <laughs> Um, Of course, you know, atheist chaplain would tell them there's no hope for you in the future. Uh, They'd just be leaning down and say, are you Christian? God is dead. God, God what a
0: dumbass you are. Write it on this paper first. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, God, but he's not the skunk dick. I suppose he could be a candidate. But uh, it is actually David Barton who... uh, (laughs) David
0: Barton. Noted you constitutional remember David scholar. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right? Glenn Beck's favorite uh, historian. That's
2: right. What did he uh, say? All
1: right, he, he has this to say.
2: It's the Supreme Court that opened the door to all this. Back in decisions like U.S. versus Seeger and others, the court and, and their dislike for traditional religion, they defined religion as whatever someone believes so sincerely and so strongly that it affects the way they act. Now, if that's the case... By the court's definition, atheism and humanism would be religious because they affect the way people act. But if that's the case, then why don't we have separation church and state with them if they're a religion? I mean, Darwinism and evolution is a religion. Why, why don't we say, hey, we can't teach Darwinism in school. That affects the way people believe and behave. That's a religion. I demand separation church and state. Get Darwinism out of the classroom. Or, or why don't we say, hey, I don't see any prayers going at graduation. That's atheism. I demand separation, church, and state. Atheism has chaplains. They're a religion. Get atheism out of the schools.
1: Well, I'm convinced. Yeah.
0: Get it out of the schools, quick.
1: <laughs> I love how he lumps uh, Darwinism
0: and evolution in there, too. <laughs> Just throws uh, in. any anyway, yeah, climate yeah. change. What else do we not like? <laughs> <laughs> Get Darwinism out of the classroom. And oh, and God. physics, Guys, Chuck. Have... What about physics? <laughs> they say what goes up must come down, but that's just their opinion.
1: And that opinion um, uh, changes their, their actions, so that's clearly that's a religion. Right. Right? Anyone who right. doesn't uh, jump off a cliff uh, clearly believes in the religion of gravity. Get that out of the schools.
0: I remember when they shoved their version of grammar down my throat. Well, take it not, will I, for- <laughs> forsooth. forsooth. What about
1: Yoda grammar?
0: Yoda grammar. Yeah, why is that being taught alongside your other grammar?
1: Your Darwinian grammar. I
0: trying to uh, think of I it. like,
1: too, how he says the absence of prayer at school is a promotion of atheism. So uh, oh, just man. as um, the absence of prayer at a McDonald's drive-thru is a promotion <laughs> of atheism, we need to shut the fucking McDonald's down.
0: Anytime time you don't include something, Chuck, you're automatically promoting its antithesis. <laughs> you
1: <laughs> you, you, just a lack of something. I mean, think about that, David Barton. <laughs> think about every minute of your day, we're not actively promoting Jesus Christ, you're promoting atheism. That's right. David Barton is an
0: atheist. No matter what he does, like if he calls someone up, he's like, "Hey, you want to go get lunch? Lunch with an atheist? Fuck you, Barton! <laughs> get the fuck away
1: from me, David Barton!"
0: Oh, gee. Uh, Christmas.
1: I mean, does this even make sense to these people? <laughs> I mean, themselves. Ah,
0: that's awesome. He must be the skunk dick.
1: All right, those are our three candidates. Is that your vote?
0: He's my vote. Put it in the computer.
1: All right. I'm going to vote for El Salvador and in a move unprecedented, whatever the first Christian pasture thing was that we did. I'm voting for both of them.
0: You're splitting your
1: vote? Not splitting. I'm getting two votes. Oh, fine. (laughs) Let's put that in the computer.
0: It's awful diners refuse to tip a gay waiter. (laughs) Surprise. (laughs) Surprise. (laughs) <laughs> Leave fag-filled <laughs> note
1: instead. That's right. Oh, my God. This is the definition of skunk dickery. So
0: a couple went out. Uh, guess what? They were a Christian couple. They went out to a, a restaurant, and they refused to tape the waiter because he was gay. They knew this because, I don't know, it must have been the way he walked or something. <laughs>
1: yeah. How did they know? Did they quiz him down?
0: Because he said, hey, You're not gay, are you? That might affect your tip. I think he mentioned the word Cilantro. And they were like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> so they left him a note in lieu of a tip, which is what I always wanted when I was a waiter. A nice note. Um, they, they said his service was excellent and they thanked him for it. However, that being I'm quoting now, that being said, we cannot in good conscience tip you for your homosexual lifestyle is an affront to God. Queers do not share. In the wealth of God, and you will not sh- they capitalize God—you will not share in ours. Queers don't get God's wealth and ours, too. I love that. And
1: Queers do not share in the wealth of God, and you will not share right. in ours. Oh.
0: And then they said, uh, we hope you will see the tip your fag choices made you lose out on and plan accordingly. It's never too late for God's love, but none shall be spared for fags. May God have mercy on you. Oh, that's so, so loving— <laughs> fag? What? What? <laughs> they should have let him
1: know he was serving a fucking Westboro <laughs> right. Baptist couple. Jesus.
0: Oh, please, we will allow you to service us and take care of all our needs, but <laughs> but tip you. Fuck you, fag! Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Uh, we
1: hope you will see the tip your fag choices <laughs> made you lose out on. Do they even, again, do they even read this shit? <laughs>
0: Uh-oh, he was probably like, oh, I missed out on a 12% tip on an $18 tab. Guess I'm going to go straight now.
1: Oh, uh, well, that does it.
0: Well, it's – the joke's on them, Chuck, because everybody's going to that restaurant now and asking this for that waiter and probably giving him a good tip.
1: Don't they know he's gay, man?
0: <laughs> they do know he's gay, and now they're tipping him just because he's gay, and that is promoting a straight, non-tipping lifestyle somehow.
1: How are they allowing – This gay man to share in their wealth. Well, still, uh, he may have their wealth, but he'll never have the wealth of God.
0: It says in the Bible, fags do not share in the wealth of God.
1: Thou, it's the, yeah, it's actually the little-known 13th commandment. Thou shalt not tip a fag.
0: So that's it on Skunk Dicks, but I do have a double-secret honorable mention quiz.
1: (laughs) Also unprecedented. (laughs) Unprecedented. So... In the annals <laughs> of irreligiosity. So
0: this was this was a, a news story that came out, and um, I was going to nominate it for skunk dick until I started reading it. Usually I don't read them; I just see the headline and I'm like, "That sounds good."
1: <laughs> ah, <it's> just <laughs> based, based on. It, on it, the... I'm like,
0: now I'm going to read you this, Chuck, and at, you tell me the point at which you call bullshit. Okay. All right. <clears throat> All right. Here's the title: Sarah Palin claims Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> all I said was Sarah Palin claims Jesus That was enough That's Everything she says claims Jesus
1: Alright, why is that a headline?
0: Sarah Palin claims Jesus celebrated Easter So I saw that and I'm like <laughs> <laughs> Sure
1: With Peter the Rabbit
0: In an interview with Fox and Friends this morning The former Alaskan governor promoted her new book About the left's war on Christmas And argued that all Christian holidays should return to the traditional versions practiced by Jesus it makes me so gosh darn angry, Palin explained. The liberal left in this country has targeted Christian holidays and is trying to secularize them right out of existence. You still in?
1: Uh, everything uh, is totally plausible so far.
0: <laughs> when Jesus celebrated Easter with his disciples, there were no Easter bunnies or egg hunts. There are no Easter sales <laughs> at department stores or parades in the street. Easter was a special time of prayer and Christian activism. Still, Still in? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm hearing nothing out of the ordinary.
0: I was still in. <laughs> Jesus would gather all the townspeople around and would listen to their stories about the meaning of Easter in their lives. Then he would teach them how to love one <laughs> another, how to right, I'm, calling,
1: uh, I'm calling bullshit on on that one right there.
0: See, I had to get to the next sentence first. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the Easter's the resurrection of Jesus. <laughs> He's not going to talk about. The townsfolk's experience of the resurrection.
0: <laughs> oh, it God. took me the next sentence to, to call bullshit. You would teach them how to love one another, how to protest Roman abortion clinics, and how to pro- <laughs> <laughs> properly convert homosexuals. Oh, uh, at that point I realized, okay, even Sarah Palin is not this much of a skunk <laughs>
1: Oh god, was that a, the Onion or one of those? sites? It
0: was the Daily Current. Oh, I was so I, I was it. so taken. I was like halfway through it, and I'm like, I t- totally believe this. Yeah,
1: I was right up, right up with you until the uh, Easter experiences from the <laughs>
0: Palestinians. Yeah. Oh, and the townspeople. I love that Jesus was counted townspeople. All oh right.
1: god, should we get on with the country? Sure, sure,
0: we might as well. we want. We've only, Hold on. First, we have some Bible study to complete.
1: <laughs> <laughs> let's finish uh, so let's, Luke, and then we'll get we're on. We're going
0: to double thing. back and do them all over again for fresh luck. <laughs> <laughs> this
1: time in reverse order. The <laughs> Conjuring. <laughs> uh, all right, Matt. Uh, as you know, uh, here at Irreligiosophy, we usually skip the Halloween season because I'm too busy uh, failing at a business enterprise. Oh, that's right. Uh, but this uh, this year, <laughs> this, this year, yes. <laughs> are you no, not failing at a business I, enterprise? I have no business enterprise uh, in which to fail. So,
0: Chuck, your lack of failing at a business enterprise <laughs> must mean you are succeeding. <laughs> it is the, the wildly successful lack of business enterprise that I have?
1: Um, so we're, this this uh, Halloween season, we're going to do an actual Halloween episode. Um, we have done that before. We've we've gone over uh, movies. Um, I think we did. what that Haunting in Connecticut? Um, haunting in Georgia? So in that vein, we are going to do... I have no do, idea
0: what you're talking about.
1: We are, <laughs> did you ever fucking listen to this podcast before you were co-host?
0: It existed before I came on board? The hell you say?
1: In that vein, we are going to do The Conjuring, a movie with uh, our favorite paranormal investigators, Ed and Lorraine Warren.
0: Ed and Lorraine Warren, two outstanding
1: citizens. In this movie, Matt, they're so kind and compassionate and caring. They're just doing this out of the, the love of their hearts to help people.
0: They are. And they're, they're, I like their um, dedication to skepticism and,
1: <laughs> yes. and
0: determining the natural causes of events.
1: So how would you explain The
0: Conjuring? Well, The Conjuring is is your basic old fashioned kind of horror movie, and um, play. Spoiler alert! Anyone who has not seen The Conjuring, uh, we're going
1: to spoil it for
0: you. Oh, that's right. We should. You should always start with one of those. But since it's been yeah. out for four or five months now,
1: you it, can't spoil something that's been out for five months.
0: I think. What's the spoiler limit? A spoiler limit is two weeks, right? You get people get a oh, chance yeah. two weeks to see it. If they haven't by then, it's it's their responsibility to stay away. Dumbledore dies. <laughs> what? Sorry. Sorry. What? Sorry. Wait, who's Dumbledore? Um, I should have spoiled that. <laughs> don't spoil it. Uh, the Conjuring. It's a basic, old-fashioned kind of horror movie, Chuck. Uh, employs all the usual tropes. Uh, animals that can sense evil spirits, and then later on yes. end up dead. <laughs> Check. You got your 1970s setting. Um, I love, by
1: the way, the nineteen seventy seven. Well, it's got to be. The fucking the, – the Volkswagen bus, the uh, wood paneling on the side of the station oh, wagon. That oh, that was my, my car God. in high
0: school, by the way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> my parents drove that car around for years.
0: Now, in the movie, that was a Dodge Monaco, and I drove a 72 Ford Country Squire LTD, but they're very similar. They got the fake wood paneling. Nice. Seating for 10 nice. somehow.
1: I had a '72 Dotson that nearly engulfed
0: me in flames. You're going up the camera. Nice. Yeah, there, there's a couple other reasons why this is a 1970s setting. Uh, one is that it's kind of a, a nostalgic. It, it it points you back to, to all the, the horror movies that a lot of directors now take their cues from. You know, like the Amityville Horror and and The Exorcism and and these movies that came out of the '70s. Did
1: you know that Ed and
0: Lorraine Warren were also involved in the Amityville Horror? I Order? did know that actually.
1: she felt a demonic presence inside the house
0: the other reason this is a 1970 setting Chuck is because it wouldn't make a believable modern horror movie why not because if you watch if you watch Ghost Hunters now it's um, ridiculously stupid it's (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry but that is what Ed and Lorraine Warren are they're Ghost Hunters essentially except in the 70s um you have a country that is believing less and less they're still going to church they're still believing you know in jesus but less and less in demons and and buying and buying that whole bullshit side um yeah in the ghost hunters uh they like they like stand in the middle of the room
1: they're like make yourself known (laughs) uh you know move a rock or something and and, you know maybe the door will move a little bit or, or a Cheryl Rock, or some wind will go by, or something. Here, you know, fucking people are getting dragged around by their right. hair. Uh, people are levitating. Possessed. Doors are opening, slamming. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. The final reason it was uh, uh, based in the seventies is because Ed and Lorraine Warren were actually alive in the seventies. Well, 70s. That, that is true. It is based on. It's based on a true
0: story, Chuck. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, Ed Ed has since croaked, I think, but uh, Lorraine's right. still around. And you can see her influence in this movie by how awesome
0: Ed and Lorraine or Warren are portrayed. They're like fucking saints in this movie. They are amazing. Um, you also got – yeah, so the other things you got in The Conjuring Witches, demonic possession, poltergeist activity. Um, you can see James Wan was director. He also directed uh, Saw and uh, some other movies. Insidious, I think it was. You can see the influences from Poltergeist, if you remember that movie. Uh, you get your family under siege at your basic horror trope, uh, Roman Catholic exorcism, celebrity ghost hunters, and of course, <laughs> no 70s horror movie would be complete without undertone of cultural politics and misogyny.
1: You forgot the um, massive afro on the black oh, dude. Oh,
0: wait. There was a black dude? <laughs> or did he die early? <laughs> did I miss him?
1: He <laughs> was in uh, early when... Ed is walking around showing off all of his uh, oh, haunted right. stuff.
0: Now, that's another thing I loved about this movie is that um, you know Ed and Lorraine Warren they have a uh, what are they? They have the New England Society for Psychic Research, and they also have the Warrens' Occult Museum. Yeah. So, which apparently started in their house yeah. because all the things they've gathered from um, all their ghost investigations, they keep in a room in their house. All these demonic possessed toys and teapots and stuff. Yeah. Well, that's where I like to keep my demonic possessed items, Chuck, in a room in my house. Not yeah. Um, self-storage or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's because
1: it's safer there. You know, he's, you know it, when we talked to Ray Garten, who actually walked through this stupid little museum, he said Ed Warren was really excited and showing him all this stuff. And uh, it was really kind of cheesy and chintzy and like some old wax museum or something, you know. But he's really excited. In this movie, he's really somber and serious, and he's taking this reporter through, and the reporter says, you know, why don't you just burn this stuff up or something? He goes, well, that would just destroy the vessel. <laughs> Sometimes right. it's better to keep these genies inside the bottle. And so they're like Spider-Man, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. That's right. Don't and so they it. put their own child at risk, and uh, their, their own house at risk. But it's okay, Matt, because a Catholic priest comes by once a month and blesses everything.
0: Oh, okay, good. That's cool. <laughs> I also like Gold how like, everything is just sitting out except for the creepy doll, which is in a glass case with a sign that says, Do not open. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you see th- how creepy that doll fucking looked? Oh. I mean. That's the opening shot of the movie where I'm like, Holy shit. Can you imagine
1: anyone making a fucking doll that looked like that? It's got this twisted evil smile, you know, these, these uh, eyes that are all cracked and. Wrinkle lines on this little uh, girl doll, you know, and, and crazy eyebrows. Do you know what the actual Annabelle doll was? No. A Raggedy Ann.
0: A Raggedy Ann. Which that didn't look quite,
1: uh, quite as creepy as the uh, Annabelle doll in the in the show. Fucking Raggedy Ann. It's Raggedy
0: Ann. So should we um, go over the plot and then get into the Warrens?
1: Well, um,
0: let's get. So the the beginning of the movie was about. Annabelle doll, right? Yeah, it's a little um, introduction to what the Warrens do. It's their first case. Yeah, it, really not very interesting. Um, but then they move into uh,
1: some sort of college class auditorium, right? Uh, where they're giving some sort of paranormal uh, lecture, like they're teaching yeah, in a fucking college class or something. I think it's Demonology 101 or something. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one of the students raises his hand and, and asks... What the Laurens are called, you know? What do we call you? What are you called?
2: So, what are you guys? I mean,
1: what do people call you? Uh, well, we've been called demonologists. It's one name for us. Ghost hunters, paranormal researchers. Kooks. <laughs> <laughs> Wackos.
2: But we prefer to be known simply as Ed and Lorraine Warren.
1: So, uh, Ooh. yeah, kooks. Ha, 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 ha. Oh God. Uh the student missed the obvious follow up question, which is why should anyone believe you're not kooks? <laughs> right. Right? What what fucking evidence do you have? Um and, and of course the most accurate term to describe them we n- never hear even mentioned a single time, and that of course is Charlatans.
0: exactly. I was gonna go with religious not jobs. But <laughs> charlatans are Charlatans probably, is probably, far probably more accurate, yeah. Accurate. All right, so it's 1971. Um, you have a family, Roger and Carolyn Perrin and their five daughters. They move into a, a farmhouse in Harrisville, Rhode Island, along with their dog, Sadie. Guess what happens to Sadie, Chuck?
1: The dog doesn't last very long, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> it's one of the first things I noticed in the movie. Which, uh, And you know what? And just to, as an aside here, I kind of like the movie. I thought it was well made. I liked all the actors. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was, it was a good movie. I thought it was kind of scary. I don't watch many horror movies, but um, I don't know how scary you thought it was, but I thought it was it was cool. Um, but I was noticing the little tropes, you know, in the first... It was it was all right.
1: It certainly had a, a big budget. You could you tell that it, they got a big budget for this horror movie.
0: Yeah. You know, one of the things I liked about it was that um, it wasn't big on fancy special effects, and it kind of had an old school. Um, that's what it was going for anyway, but... Um, that's the first thing I noticed, though, is you got the, their dog, their dog, Sadie, won't go in the house, starts barking at the house, won't go in. And I was like, ah, the dog that can sense evil spirits, you know. Animals. Dogs and
1: children, dogs yeah, and children. children.
0: Dogs and children. <laughs> so um, they move into this house. The next morning, the mother, Carolyn, she wakes up. She's got a mysterious bruise, and they find their dog dead outside the house. Uh, <laughs> How did the that lady you know that when the <laughs>
1: mysterious bruise wasn't from rough sex?
0: Because um, rough sex is for Thursdays, and this was a Tuesday. <laughs> it was 1971. <laughs> that was before
1: be rough sex was invented.
0: It's, see, at this point, Chuck, it's mysterious. She wakes oh. up. She's like, well, that's weird. It's building. They're building tension. Gotcha. But then over the next several days, you start getting all these various instances of different paranormal disturbances. Um, they start noticing all the clocks in the house stop at exactly 3.07 in the morning. And, uh, and then Roger – has to go away because uh, he's a trucker, and he goes away at work. And in the house, they hear – the girls play this game uh, Clap and Seek. where you, It's like Hide and Seek, but you clap uh, three times by them. And she starts hearing clapping, and she gets, she gets knocked into this. By the way, when you're in like a freaky old house and all your children are asleep and you hear clapping sounds in your cellar, d- don't, go, don't go there.
1: It's <laughs> <That's laughs> probably not one of your kids playing a game. It's just a, it's
0: not what you're that's killing. a free
1: tip I'm going to give people.
0: That's right. She checked all the beds. But I just but you, you see what's coming. You know, she gets locked in that was actually one of the scarier moments for me. That's a, that's one of my fears <laughs> locked in a dark basement. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know why, Chuck. It's nothing to do with gimps or anything. <laughs> that's awesome. And after that I would have left that fucking house and never come back. But it's too late because spirits are attached to them. Yeah, um,
1: right off the bat.
0: Uh, I, I might, might have missed this in the movie, but she contacts Ed and Lorraine Warren. Well, Matt, she was actually
1: sitting in a classroom that Ed and Lorraine Warren were teaching.
0: Ah, oh, so remember she that? had something crazy going on. So she's, she took a demonology class to figure out what's happening.
1: I want to give you a little uh, audio sampling of this course he's teaching
2: which brings us to the three stages of demonic activity, infestation, oppression, and possession. The infestation, that's, that's the whispering, the footsteps, the feeling of another presence, which ultimately grows
1: into oppression. The second stage, Now, this is where the victim, and it's usually the one who's the most psychologically vulnerable, is targeted specifically by an external force. Breaks the victim down, crushes their will, and once in a weakened state, leads them to the third and final stage possession.
0: So Matt, it's just, it's science basically. Ah, it's more like a science Night life skit for me. <laughs> Here are your three stages of infestation.
1: So, infestations first, those are the whispering, you know, the little sounds, and then oppression where they're trying ah. to break down the most psychologically vulnerable, and of course, in this uh, instance, it's the woman. Right. It, it's the mother.
0: Women are bad. Don't forget it. <laughs>
1: And you know, if you let that go long enough, you will eventually get possessed. So there you go.
0: That's one of the. That's one of the, the things you'll notice in this movie is that um, I don't know if it's intentional on the part of the filmmaker or if it's just part of um, of the genre that, that this director's um, kind of going after. But but it's basically like whatever problems you got, it's probably the woman's fault. Not just this woman, but women in the past as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no question. And we'll get to that in a minute. No
1: question about it. All right, um, so, yeah, those are the three stages of scientifically proven, the three scientifically proven stages of demonic activity. Ah,
0: well, they're experts in this matter, Chuck. I believe Ed Warren is the only non-Catholic priest Vatican-recognized demonologist in existence. Yeah, what does that even mean?
1: Uh, (laughs) The Vatican recognizes him.
0: Hey, there's Ed Warren. (laughs) <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, it's like getting a degree from an accredited institution, except his degree is honorary. So,
1: <laughs> so yeah, after that uh, brilliant lecture, well, the, come- Warrens, the Warrens were approached by the mom, right, who explains her house is haunted.
0: Right. The house is haunted. Please come take a look.
1: And Ed Ed says, hey, now, I understand. There's almost always a rational explanation because in the scene before this. Right. They got, they got called to investigate a haunting, um, and they demonstrate that the noises were actually pipes and shifting wood. So, uh.
2: Do it again, Ed. Right now
1: it's just my weight. We take the water coming off of the pipe combined with the wind coming through the broken window, and these boards are going to expand and rub against each other. You heard it all through the house because of these pipes leading to the radiator.
2: So, this place isn't haunted? No, it rarely is. Yeah,
1: there's usually always some kind
0: of rational explanation. Oh, my God. There always is.
2: (laughs) They're skeptics.
0: (laughs) I love it. And we do not have a room full of hundreds of artifacts, so this rarely happens.
1: (laughs) I literally (laughs) shit my pants when I heard that. I probably raised six inches off the couch with how much I shit those pants.
0: (laughs) Oh, I thought you were levitating. (laughs)
1: I flooded both of my pant legs. The shit ran down my leg, and some of it got on my shoe. Matt, I was sitting no, in a pair
0: real. They, of they.
1: <laughs> shit-stained pants for the rest of the movie. That's how much I cannot believe the audacity of the fucking <laughs> producers of this movie. Painting the Warrens as fucking rationalists and skeptics. Oh, my God. There's almost always a, a rational explanation.
0: Oh, fuck you. Yeah. Well, there's no rational explanation for someone getting dragged around by their hair, Chuck. Because if there's not a rational explanation, oh, s- clearly that
1: provides evidence
0: of a haunting. Well, you see Ed's rationality when um, he agrees to go out and, uh, and take a look at the house. And, she, and uh, the mother, she tells him, we, we've been smelling a smell like, like a rotten... Uh,
2: what? What is it?
0: Well, our rancid smells could... Indicates some type of demonic activity. Oh my
1: god. So less than two fucking minutes in the house <laughs> he's already proclaiming demonic activity. That's how skeptic this guy is.
0: <sighs> we smelled something bad and he's like What? Uh oh. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Rancid meat, that could indicate oh, demonic activity. Man. Rancid meat. It's my old sandwich I left it in the wall. I like <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So, there's no there there can be no <laughs> rational explanation for the smell of rancid meat, such as I don't know, rancid meat.
0: Well, he's he's keeping a skeptical outlook, Chuck. He says that it it only may indicate or whatever he oh, said. It's okay. it's just That's sometimes.
1: <laughs> yeah, he interviews the parents and and they're like, "Hey, what why why shouldn't we just move?" Um, you know, and and Lorraine Warren says, Oh, because the spirit has latched onto you, and it's feeding off of you, you know like gum in a movie theater, right wait, gum feeds off you <laughs> you can't get rid of ghosts <laughs> they're like gum in a movie theater, so but they say the house needs to be exercised, right? right the house needs to be exercised, but the spirit's lost on it. I don't fucking get it, Matt, it doesn't make any sense these these um rules that the the scientific laws uh of uh paranormal yeah. research uh, are there. So complex. So complicated.
0: Well, they're the experts, Chuck. Um, I I can't expect to understand this stuff. I'm not trained in it. You're absolutely right. Sees them, latched on to them at one point. (laughs) She says, I – and that's what she does. That's her role in the uh, ghost hunting business. She sees dead people. So she knows. Yeah, so they investigate the house. That's right. They found it once belonged to – an accused witch, and her name was Bathsheba. I don't know. You
2: find anything? Lots. I mean, it's no wonder they're going through what they are. That's the original farmhouse. It was built in 1863 by a man named Jetson Sherman, who was married to a woman named Bathsheba. and she's related to Marytown Esty. She's one of the women accused of witchcraft in Salem. She was hungering the trials. Wow.
1: So, uh, <laughs> did you get that, Matt? The Yeah. The house was built by a guy who was married to a woman who was descended from another woman who was hung as a witch during the Salem Witch Trials. Well,
0: no wonder they're being haunted. I suppose she was hung after she gave birth to her child. (laughs) (laughs) That was the other witch. Um, Ah, Okay, so I did a little research on this. Now, as you know, Bathsheba was the wife of David, the one he stole from Uriah the Hittite. Because he saw her bathing, right? And he was like, ooh, I must have her. So after failing to trick Uriah into having sex with her after he impregnated her, he sent him to the front lines so he'd die, right? And then once this was known, I can't remember the specifics, but um, maybe she has a baby and then they kill the baby or something. Now Bathsheba is an (laughs) accused witch who kills her child and then hangs herself. And then she also mentions she was related to Marytown, right? Which I looked up, and there was an actual – there was a woman who was accused of witchcraft and hung. Uh, I only found the name is Mary Esty. Um, Whatever. I don't know. Mary Town. Is that that an old middle name? What's her middle name?
1: Town? I don't know. I found her. Yeah. Mary Town Easty. Town with an E.
0: Mary Town Easty.
1: She was tried for witchcraft. She was found innocent. Released. And two days later, she was arrested again when one of the original victims claimed that East, East Spirit was afflicting her. So they tried her a second time and finally hanged her on September 22nd, 1692, along with six other women and one man. Now, 20 years later, her family was given 20 pounds by the government for wrongful execution. She was found innocent by the government 20 years later. And by way of apology... 20 pounds! They said, oh, sorry... Here's a, here's some money. There you go.
0: There's a little bit of money. Now, this was the point in the movie where I was starting – I mean, I was already kind of like hackled by by the skepticality of the Warrens, right? Yeah. But now, you know, especially since we just did a podcast a while back on the Salem witch trials. Yeah. Now we have a movie that's basically saying they were fucking witches. That was real. <laughs> they worshipped Satan <laughs> and killed their children. <laughs> they were not yeah. innocent women that were – Accused and you know and and killed and it was a fervor of you know religious foolery and fucking assholism. Is that a word? And yes, it is now. Why not? But they were actually witches. No, the Salem which, witch trials which were. Is one of the things uh, I didn't like about this movie.
1: They were sober um, affairs uh, of a calm government and populace and they didn't they, they convicted this marytown easty because her spirit apparently went in and uh bothered one of the girls the original girls who started the whole mess while she was in bed so that's that is the quality of evidence that it takes to convict someone a woman and a hanger. So clearly she's a witch, Matt, and not only is she a witch, but all of her fucking descendants are witches. And apparently all the descendants of the other six women who were hung and the one man, they're all witches too. So apparently everyone fucking who lives anywhere near Salem is a witch.
0: They were all witches. They bowed down and worshipped Satan. They ate children. Uh, that You know, this is just the point of the movie turned for me from being just like a kind of a sort of a weird right-wing Christian propaganda movie like they're going to start requiring this like you watch the the Passion of the Christ and the Conjuring <laughs> It took you that long huh
1: I was really long. pissed off by the – I was
0: I was open minded
1: <laughs> the fact that they're lecturing about fucking demonology in a college and the uh, haunting uh where where they they were totally skeptical Um, And the very first part with Annabelle, where they're talking about, you know, this wasn't a ghost uh, who possessed Annabelle. It was a demon. You see ghosts don't have that much power. You see all these fucking rules, Matt? Oh, that's right. Ghosts
0: don't have power. Well, they know they're they're experts. They're experts.
1: They're experts. So at this point in the movie, the Warrens start setting up a shit ton of recording equipment. They got cameras. They got projectors. They got thermostats, Super 8s fucking everything to get evidence hoping that the catholic church will see fit to, to send an exorcist
0: did they will they i bet they will, will. They? i see, bet Matt, they
1: will it takes a whole lot of evidence serious evidence so before the church will uh, stop a priest from molesting children long enough to conduct an exorcism That's
0: right hello father can we talk to you Ah, uh, busy in a minute busy <laughs> <on>. i'm busy <laughs> Uh, that was one of my favorite scenes in the movie, <laughs> where they they don't have uh, – what did they, they show them at that point? Did they show them, Is that when they show them the movie? Or, no, they're or just col- like they're, they're oh, collecting no, they don't, they it right don't now. They don't have good evidence,
1: in. Right, They're collecting Now, throughout they're the movie, it. they do, though. They collect a, a ton of uh, evidence of the supernatural, including video footage of one of the daughters getting dragged around by her hair by an invisible being, right? And they actually fucking sit the priest down and show him this. Where's the fucking footage? Where'd it go? Where that stuff would have made footage. the millionaires.
0: Where is it? How come that's not in the movie? I'd like to see that footage. Oh, uh, God. That, that first conversation with the priest is one of my favorites, though, because they, they've got a suspected possession or haunting or whatever they're fucking calling it, and, and the priest is kind of like, well, I don't know. It's complicated. They're not baptized. They don't really yeah. – they're not part of the church.
1: Children aren't baptized. They're not members of the church. I don't know if we can... We've got real limited resources here, (laughs) being the Catholic Church. Uh, You know, non-members, non-baptized kids. I don't know. I understand that there is a demon in the house. I can see him flipping around the kid. Children are in danger here, but, you know, God, they're not baptized yet. I don't know know if it's so much... uh, (laughs) <laughs> a Catholic right-wing as an anti-Catholic fucking... What, I mean, what an asshole that priest is.
0: Was, oh, So, they go back to get evidence. Yeah, now at this
1: point, too, I barely noticed it the first time, but the second time it really pissed me off. There's this scene where Drew, the tech guy, uh, takes a daughter and he shows how ultraviolet lights work, right? He goes, here, right. put your hand on the desk, lay it flat on the desk, and then take it away. And so she does it, and he shines an ultraviolet light, and then you can see a purple <laughs> handprint. <laughs> he says, it just reveals to us what the naked eye can't see. I'm like, ah! 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 UV lights don't work that way, you fucking idiot! Oh, then how do they work? They just show semen in your world, Chuck? Matt, listen. We used a ton of black lights in our highly successful Han Enterprise. We never saw any footprints, human or ghostly. The only fucking thing that lights up under a black light is a phosphor, something that that, that fluoresces, right? It it absorbs energy and then emits it as uh, visible light. So what happens is the energy knocks an electron up uh, a level, quantum level, and then it gets unstable, drops back down, and emits a photon, right? The extra energy. So some things naturally contain phosphors. Teeth do. Semen uh, does. So maybe the girl just gave Drew a hand job before putting her hand on there, right? It's just full of
0: semen. Ah, and that's how you prove what your children are doing. I'm going to need some hand what, children. Make sure you're not <laughs> jacking anybody off.
1: What What they're actually looking for is something that tracks heat, like like infrared. But infrared's that's all right, the way on a, the other end of the spectrum. Ultraviolet's way in the high-frequency end of the spectrum.
0: They need a thermal camera, right? Isn't that yeah, what they need? Right. Something yes, like exactly. that. exactly.
1: I love too how the one skeptic in in the movie the the sheriff uh, they portray is this total fucking dope. He go the the girl right. disappears and so they're they're looking for you know something and, and he goes like I need a uh Ed Warren goes I need a UV light and the sheriff
0: is like UV light? Just go get Drew. Get the tech guy. Well, he went after the ghost with a shotgun. <laughs>
1: I need a UV light. Like it's something totally fucking foreign.
0: Uh. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Quick Uh He also gets one of the zingers. He's the recipient recipient of a zinger when he the mother when she's possessed bites him on the face or something and later on that, yeah. that tech guy's like when a ghost do that or <laughs> Yeah. Because he
1: the door shuts in front of him, right? He's probably just a draft. And the, the Drew guy, who is, by the way, the biggest asshole in the show. He's so fucking smarmy and arrogant. Because, <clears throat> you know, he knows about the supernatural, but this other guy's skeptical. So um, he goes, well, I've never seen a draft put that look on my face.
0: Zing! Oh, that's right.
1: <laughs> gotcha! And then at the very end, he gets bitten by the possessed woman, right, or scratched on his face. And he comes up again, and he's like, did a draft do that to your face? Right. Oh, God. Um, I did want (laughs) to say, though, that, uh, you know, uh, while they're setting up all this shit, Ed starts putting up some crosses and all that uh, religious icons around the house. And uh, I have an audio clip that explains why he does that. Is it? I bet it pisses him off. (laughs) You're right. right. Presence of religious icons will get a reaction from anything unholy. Sort of pisses them off. So I set these throughout the house, see if I can stir
2: things up a bit. Like holding a cross to a vampire? Yeah, exactly. Except I don't believe in vampires.
1: Yes, you ah. see, Matt. Vam- vampires are ridiculous. Vampires. Pfft. What kind of moron would believe in what a vampire? In- I, ain't- I believe in real stuff like demons. And ghosts.
0: <laughs> Vampires. Psh. Uh, this is... Uh, I believe the cop was played by a young Antonin Scalia. No.
2: <laughs>
0: no, too skeptical. Fuck, I did that backwards. <laughs> too skeptical. So where are we in this movie? They return to the house to gather evidence? They're doing all that?
1: Now we're at the part where mom is sleeping, right?
0: And a demon
1: appears over and vomits himself into the mom. Now, Matt, this is surprisingly accurate uh, because we know, based upon the YouTube video that shows Jesus casting the demons out of the guy, you remember they exited through his anus? Right. That's the back door. So, clearly, demons go into the mouth and exit through the anus.
0: Partially digested. Uh Ah. Except in this movie, to get rid of the demons, she had to vomit him back out that happens later
1: on. Yeah, he never actually got exercise. through the
0: stomach into the intestines. He never got past the sphincter. I think that's just a sphincter. filmmaker choice though. That's just a filmmaker <laughs> choice. You don't want to show a a woman taking a dump like and then she's uh, like, oh, "I'm free," you. you know. So basically they used dramatic license. That's exactly what they did. Um, when they're getting their uh, proof, that's also when they they get the video I still, I still want to see the video proof, Chuck. I still want to see uh, one of the children. Nancy, she gets violently dragged around by her hair by some unseen force, and the only way to save her is with scissors. Cut <laughs> 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 off her hair. <laughs> yeah, I love how they're
1: all trying to grab her and hold her. I mean, wouldn't that make the pain worse from the hair getting pulled? They're just grabbing her at her legs and her trunk, and finally, by is the spark- grabs the scissors. Grabs the scissors and, and cuts it off, yeah.
0: But thank God Lorraine was there. Now, this is the point where they, they leave the house, which, you know, good call, I say, um, and take refuge in a hotel, which they were told earlier would not matter because yeah. <laughs> the spirit is attached to them. And yet, and yet nothing ever happens at the hotel. <laughs> well, the spirit does. It still
1: keeps taking place at the house. Infest the mom, and she kidnaps the
0: daughter and takes her back to the house. Well, she was already infested at the home. Yes. At their home, and then they go to the hotel, and then she has to leave the hotel because that's not the place. They have to go back to the place. Right,
1: right. She can't kill the kid in the hotel. She has got to kill it in the house. So this, like I said, Matt, this stuff is complicated. This shit's complicated. You can't hope to understand it. We need experts like Ed and Lorraine Warren.
0: Okay. Well, that's that's happens. that's what goes on. That's what we got them for. Um even even the Warrens were not uh free from this demon menace. I if you remember their uh their own daughter is attacked in their home uh by the spirit of Bathsheba who takes over the aforementioned uh Annabelle doll, was it? <laughs> yeah,
1: I wasn't sure if that was um Bathsheba or if that was just the Annabelle doll who had been um inadequately blessed the month before and uh, got out and
0: fucking started uh, uh haunting the daughter. I just assumed it was since um, that spirit had already been taken care of. so' <laughs> <but> the, <laughs> but the creepy doll.: That's one creepy-ass fucking doll. I'm, I'm going to use that thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a good thing it was locked away safely.
0: Yeah. A kid goes downstairs, and this is Ed and Lorraine's kid. She goes downstairs. The door to the room of evil artifacts is open, and uh, I got to give credit to the kid. She starts walking it in, and then she stops, she goes. That's fucking insane. I'm not going in there. And she turns yeah. around, but she leaves the door open. She of lock it. The down. door had like 20
1: locks on it, right? <laughs> 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 Very dangerous stuff in that room.
0: Uh, fortunately, her father and uh, was it the, uh, the cop maybe? I can't remember. They come home in time to uh, save her from a rocking. Sh- but it was just a warren by Bathsheba. Uh, sorry, there's a warning, not a warrant. <laughs> it's a warning to the warrant. <laughs> At Bathsheba to stay away. <laughs> I gotcha.
1: Yeah, because, you know, uh, nothing says stay away like a flying rocking chair. Right. That would have hurt. So finally, demon-possessed mom kidnaps a kid and... Uh, because, you know, that's what the witch did, the Bathsheba. She apparently killed some uh, uh, baby as a uh, sacrifice to Satan. Right. And was hung by uh, the townsfolk. Although, of course... Um, <clears throat> She was never hung. She died of natural causes at, at age fucking, like, 71 or something. This is... In real life. In real... Oh, real life. What
0: are you talking about? Yeah.
1: But anyway, <laughs> it was based on a true story, Matt. Oh, um, that's right. They should... I think, by law, they should all have to say very loosely. The words very <laughs> loosely should, uh, by law, have to proceed based on a true story.
0: I think it should have, but not at all, actually. <laughs> in After. To see, Yeah. <laughs> But really not. Really not. Based on a true story. Nope. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Kidnaps her daughter, brings her back to the house, and then shortly thereafter, uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren arrive along with Dad. They capture her in the cellar. Yeah. Throw a, a, a white sheet over her and then tie her down to a chair. And they don't have time for, for the Vatican to get through and, and the priest to get there, Matt. So Ed, who's never uh, done... Uh, an exorcism in his life, although he has assisted. He has assisted. He's going to wing it. Has to do it. I wonder if you can sue uh, an exorcist for, for malpractice if he's, you know, inadequately trained.
0: Oh, probably. But they probably have insurance for that, too. Just like doctors.
1: <laughs> Exorcists have malpractice insurance. That's probably pretty smart. That's pretty smart. Um, now, again, during this exorcism, the, the demon-possessed wife like fucking levitates around on a chair, spins around, goes upside down. Uh, shotguns fucking magically go off. Lots of supernatural shit everywhere, and of course, no footage, no no actual footage uh, from the event.
0: Well, they were all freaked out. Somebody forgot to turn uh, on the camera. Gotcha. I love it though when she's uh, she's upside down in the chair, hanging from the ceiling, and he's yelling at the demon to put her down. And I was yelling,
1: "Don't turn her around first. <laughs> <laughs> she's going to break her neck." <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah. See, that's the problem. He's not a trained
1: exorcist. A hey,
0: trained exorcist, it. but no, you're supposed to rotate your levitating upside-down victim <laughs> to the upright position before you <laughs> instructing the demon to release them.
1: <laughs> that's, um, it, you know, very beginning in exorcism school, they teach you that. One of the first things. Exactly. So, yeah, so, she floats around and says a bunch of shit, uh, and finally, Ed, uh, he's, like, speaking in Latin the whole time, and then at the very end, he's like, uh, I command you, Jesus commands you to get out.
2: That get still out.
1: doesn't work. And um, Lorraine Warren uh, puts her hand on the demon-possessed wife's forehead and says, hey, do you remember that one day at the beach? And
0: that forces the demon out. She gives her a memory to latch on to. There you go. I call this the Cybok moment. <laughs> How
1: <laughs> dare you reference Star Trek V.
0: Oh, I was going to go with... Um, The crow, when the crow guy gives uh, all the bad memories of his girlfriend dying in a hospital into the bad guy's head all at once. But that was like a mean – that was like a bad act. This was like a good act. She's like, remember the beach. And then she's like, oh, I can fight through and stay strong. And now Jesus can kick you out. So,
1: yeah. So um, finally mom vomits out the demon. Uh, She's free. All of her bruises disappear. And uh, everyone lives happily ever after.
0: Yeah, I love that her bruises disappear because at one point they're trying to drag her out of the house and as they're pulling her through the doorway, like her flesh starts sizzling like all yeah. her face and arms. And then they go backwards, like they pull her forward, it's like she's burning And then they kinda go back and like, Oh, she's getting better. Let's pull her out a little bit again. that. <laughs> nope. Burning. She's burning.
1: Yeah, and then they, you know, walk her out and magically the bruises heal. I mean, wouldn't they just take a regular time to heal? What the these are demon bruises. Uh, they... <laughs> they are tied to the demon. They, yeah. When the demon's gone, they leave with them. I gotcha. Once again, once again, I'm tripped up by my lack of understanding of
0: demonology. Oh, well, I, and at the very end of the movie, um, a little bit of a wink, wink. Did you catch that little wink, wink at the end? Uh, no. What was that? Well, they go home and they get a message saying, "Hey, the priest called back. Says we have approval for an exorcism." Oh, how <laughs> so ironic. <laughs> and, then, and then the last thing is like, he also has another case for them to investigate on Long Island, which, of course, is the famous Amityville horror case.
1: Yes, which, which uh, was proven to be a hoax. But, you know, before it was, Lorraine Warren went into the house and said, I feel a very oppressive demon here. So that's The Conjuring, Chuck. That is The Conjuring, <sighs> uh, my favorite horror movie of all time. You know, yeah. I, I really misjudged Ed and Lorraine Warren. They're really compassionate people. They're they're helping him out, um, doing it out of the goodness of their heart. Um, and you know, you know, Matt, they had um, th- this this was so malevolent. This case was so malevolent that they had uh, locked it away until now.
0: Until now, because now
1: she needs money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Kind of begs the question, why now? Uh, but the truth of the matter is. It's been in uh, development limbo in Hollywood for fucking
0: over 20 years. So, Yeah. That's just one of those things that happens. Based on but a true story. You know, from my one semester of film studies, I can tell you that uh, many times horror movies are just, uh, you know, allegories for what's presently going on in society. Um, you know, you got your uh, invasion of the body snatchers is, uh, for uh, the, the Red Menace, right? The Communist Menace. You got your aliens for the... From the uh, menace from within, and now we got the contrain, which is remember women are the cause of problem in our society. They're, don't forget it.
1: They are the most psychologically vulnerable members of our species. Yeah, I was, however, very distraught at the absolute lack of demonic anal rape in this movie.
0: Were you? Did you say distraught or disappointed? Both. At first, I was disappointed,
1: but as the movie went on, I became distraught.
0: Well, that is as much of the Warrens that I can handle for one day. I don't know.
1: If this is successful, Matt, we're going to see lots more Warren case files based on true story horror movies.
0: That's right. Uh, Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga have already signed up for a... um, sequel i believe or at least they they will yeah anyway (laughs) yeah the
1: conjuring too Uh, i would like to point out that this happened in 1971 apparently and uh, the family continued to live in the home until 1980 so nine more fucking years (laughs) after these uh, uh, truly horrifying events occurred they lived happily in the home it's
0: awesome well after the home's cleaned it's a nice little house
1: Yeah, it's not like they killed your dog or anything uh You know, you don't have any bad memories about being in the cellar or locked up or seeing ghosts or anything.
0: It's cool. No, stay in the house, make a life, be happy. And uh, that about wraps it up, Matt. Yeah, that's it. The Conjuring. I give it a four demon anus rating. (laughs) (laughs) That is a truly impressive
1: rating. I give it uh, three rancid meats. I love, by the way, how you know the the kids wake up and they're like, "Oh my God, what's that smell?" Like there's fucking demons over in the corner, like, "Oh,
0: I just had a a chalupa." Oh my God, where do they smell this? (laughs) That was the most realistic part of the movie for me because they kept blaming each other. Stop farting! (laughs) farting. (laughs) When in reality, it was the demon farting over in the corner. The demon fart. Demon farts.
1: All right, awesome. Um, we, we'll finish up, uh, Luke in our next long, drawn-out Bible study session in a couple of weeks. I don't know, maybe not a couple weeks, and I'm going on fucking vacation, Matt. I'm going to Disneyland. What? You're going on vacation? Fuck yes. No way. I don't believe it. I'm going to the Haunted Mansion where I expect to feel, uh, oppressive demonic presences.
0: Well, just make sure you get anal raped. Uh, that's what I paid for. <laughs> that's what happens at Disneyland. Aino-rape. You heard it
1: here.
2: <music> <laughs> <laughs>